between News Source 1 Michiana and Roaring Light Radio. Welcome to Roaring Light. Your daily dose of Michiana community news and independent Christian artist music to get you going through the day. Roaring Light hosts are myself, Olivia, Keith Hughes, Sylvia Stark, Rachel Kleckner, Pastor Joel Irvin, and Ron Barash. Public News Service Joy Newscast, September the 21st, 2022. I'm Mike Clifford. A little-known facet of the Chips and Science Act passed in Congress this summer to boost the semiconductor industry could benefit areas of rural Pennsylvania in need of an economic shot in the arm. Parts of the CHIPS Act is known as the Recompete Pilot Program. It includes $1 billion to revitalize distressed areas by helping towns and counties apply for federal funding for initiatives to support long-term economic growth and create lasting quality jobs. Ted Bettner at the Ohio River Valley Institute says parts of rural Pennsylvania could benefit substantially from these grants. For example, at Greene County, Pennsylvania, Over one-third of the working-age population is not employed in the county, and that county would be able to benefit from a 100% federal grant if they applied, and it could be, you know, in the tens of millions of dollars to help revitalize uh, the county's economy. He adds the grants could be used for land and site development, infrastructure investments, housing, workforce development, small business assistance, broadband access, resources to connect residents to opportunities, for a public news service, I'm Danielle Smith. Dial 911, and it's more than likely a volunteer firefighter will respond to your emergency. In Massachusetts, there aren't enough of these volunteers. More than half of some 360 fire departments in the Bay State are volunteer-run, and rarely do they fight actual fires. Most calls are for medical emergencies, but they also respond to floods, car accidents, and even hazardous waste spills. As climate change brings more extreme weather, firefighters can spend days or even weeks in rescue and recovery efforts. Fire Chief Joe Maruca of West Barnstable, Massachusetts, says that puts a great strain on volunteer crews. Even our department with 40 volunteers sounds big, but it's only just about the right size. We, we, would, have, we would struggle on day three or day four of an event to be able to rotate people into the incident and sustain ourselves. Many fire departments still rely on word of mouth, open house events, and old-fashioned door knocking to recruit volunteers. I'm Catherine Carley reporting. 
And from ABC News, a Texas sheriff said Monday he was opening a criminal investigation into Florida Governor Ron DeSantis' migrant flight to Martha's Vineyard as the stunt continues to draw criticism from Democrats and even some Republicans and DeSantis' defends what he calls a protest of border policies. Immigration attorneys working with some of the asylum seekers told ABC News that the migrants were given misleading information, including brochures, about benefits they could receive in Massachusetts. This is PNS. Nevada needs to move away from natural gas and toward clean energy. That's the view of climate action groups that spoke up Tuesday at an open forum of the Nevada Public Utilities Commission. The Pollution-Free Nevada Coalition wants the PUC to scrutinize Southwest gas proposals to expand natural gas infrastructure. Elspeth DiMarzio with the Sierra Club says the state needs to rely on solar and wind to generate power and promote electric appliances instead of gas. To meet Nevada's climate goals of 100% clean energy and zero greenhouse gas emissions by 2050, we need to really rapidly transition away from the use of methane gas in the electric sector and in buildings. I'm Suzanne Potter. Amid struggles with higher food and transportation costs, fewer donations, and increased demand, food banks in Indiana will soon have additional funding to help ensure more Hoosiers have food on the table. The USDA is providing nearly $1.5 billion in funding for emergency food assistance nationally. At the Community Harvest Food Bank of Northeast Indiana, Carmen Cumberland explains their food distributions are up nearly 65% since January. And she says the federal investment will include both food and money. Fresh produce like apples and oranges that have a longer shelf life. Also, the canned protein such as tuna, but also money for storage. We have a fleet of 10 trucks running on diesel. That cost has seen a huge increase. It's estimated that one in nine people in Indiana face hunger, including one in seven kids, according to the nonprofit Feeding America. Mary Sherman reporting. Indiana's Hunger Fighting Network recently submitted a report to help frame a national strategy to end hunger by the year 2030. Finally, Nadia Ramlagan tells us one in four Americans aged 65 and older take an unexpected tumble each year. And during Falls Prevention Awareness Week, experts are encouraging them to participate in local programs that can help them stay healthy and independent. At the Maryland Living Well Center for Excellence, Wendy Farthing says her agency works with community-based groups to ensure older adults have access to workshops that can help them age safely in place. These workshops that we offer across the state with various agencies, they really help the older adult improve their efficacy and keep them engaged and keep them active and keep them in their home. Research shows exercise and movement, like Tai Chi, improves balance and strengthens legs, which can help prevent falls. Check with your health care provider about which type of exercise is best. This is Mike Clifford for Public News Service. Member and listener supported on great radio stations, your favorite podcast platform. Find our trust indicators at publicnewsservice.org. Here is some important information for your Wednesday here on Roaring Light. Beach hazards statement remains in effect from this afternoon through late Thursday night. What, high wave action, strong currents, and dangerous swimming conditions expected? Piers will be heavily swamped by waves. Waves will build to 3 to 6 feet by early Wednesday evening and will build to 5 to 8 feet through Wednesday evening. 
waves 5 to 8 feet continue Thursday. Where, in Indiana, northern Laporte County. In Michigan, northern Berrien and southern Berrien counties. When, from late Wednesday afternoon through late Thursday night. Impacts, strong currents can pull swimmers into deeper water and high waves can sweep people off piers. Precautionary slash preparedness actions. Remain out of the water to avoid hazardous swimming conditions. Do not venture out on piers. Now your detailed forecast. Today, a 40% chance of showers and thunderstorms, mainly after 2 p.m., mostly sunny, with a high near 82. Southwest wind 10 to 15 mph becoming northwest in the afternoon. Winds could gust as high as 25 mph. Tonight, a 30% chance of showers and thunderstorms before 8 p.m., partly cloudy, with a low around 55. Northwest wind around 15 mph, with gusts as high as 25 mph. Thursday. Mostly sunny, with a high near 62. North wind 10 to 15 mph, with gusts as high as 25 mph. Let's get going with music. Open my eyes, get ready for the day. Pick up my Bible and head on my way When I meet people I run out of things to say Then out of my mouth comes Jesus is the only way Walking through the desert my feet hit the ground Listening as I'm moving waiting for becomes faith we know in our hearts that there's another way so we trust in Jesus to get us to the strife he died for our sins so we could have eternal life walking through the desert my feet hit the ground listening as I'm moving waiting
the storms may surround me now And darkness is around I'm not afraid Cause you are near You hold me now in your loving arms And you never let me go You never leave me alone Cause you are near And I, I will say I will not be afraid The shelter for the weak I'll turn to you alone Cause you are near To you, O Lord, I will lift my soul My hope, my everything I trust in you, my God Cause you are from the Bible Acts 10 34 so Peter opened his mouth and said truly I understand what God shows no person partiality <clears throat> another one that the Lord says John 7 24 do not judge by appearances but judge with right judgment and that means 
stop judging people by their skin or what they have on, but judge them by their integrity and what they have in their heart. And next you're going to hear something from Sylvia Stark. Embrace every race. And I truly believe that too. The Lord made the man in his eye. And he loves everybody no matter what your skin color is. And that's what you people out there need to remember that hate people for their skin color. Um, they're just like everybody else. Some of them have good intentions. Some of them bad intentions. Just like people who live here in the United States that was born here. So you can't judge a man by the color of his skin, but judge him by his integrity and what he has in his heart and the things that he does correct in his life every day. Everybody makes mistakes, but you know who the horrible people are and you know who the horrible people aren't. And therefore, what I want you to do next is cut your finger and tell me what color your blood is. If it's anything but red then you're allowed to be racist because we all bleed the same color. So don't forget that. Next, check out what Sylvia has to say about racism on Embrace Every Race. Today's devotional is going to look at embrace and unity. This month, we have Hispanic Heritage Month. There is a lot of people who are against Hispanics, against Mexicans, against them, because they're not American citizens. And that is not okay. We should embrace every race, regardless of what they have accomplished over the years. We have, in February, we have Black History Month that we could embrace. And a lot of times, there is discrimination and racism among us adults. And the children are picking up on that. But the children know more about what it means to make a friend of any race better than adults do. We live in a world where we should be united, brothers and sisters in Christ. But unfortunately, we have fallen short of that glory of God. We fall short that we don't embrace everybody around us. We need to join together in unity as we look upon the world in different ways, whether we're looking at it as a positive experience. Many years ago, in biblical times, there was divide. Samaritans and Jews didn't get along. You can read more about that in the Bible, the Good Samaritan story. We have all sorts of craziness that happened. But in the end, they all came together to serve the glorious Lord and Savior, Jesus. And so we have to learn that we are one body in Christ and that we never stand alone. We can embrace every race. We can embrace every race in unity. We can stand together in dignity and make a new friend regardless of where the background is. We, as humans, as adults, can do better job when it comes to embracing every race, showing unity among everybody. There are times where we just need to know what it's like to be left out. 
And so as you go on these next few weeks and you see someone else of a different race and they are celebrating their heritage, let them celebrate their heritage. Let them enjoy what they ought to be doing. We need to be standing in unity and embrace every race. Lord, help us to embrace every race with dignity. Help us to know that we are all created in your image. Help us to see the example that we're leading the children as they pick up on what the adults are doing. We know we can do better as a society. Help us figure out ways that we can end discrimination racism as it's still predominantly going on today. We know that we are one body, one body in Christ, and we do not stand alone. Give us this day and take us out as we remember to embrace every race. Amen. Looking for some some fun things to do throughout the community? Here are some community events that are coming up in the month of October. It's kicking off. If you're in into garage sales, you can head over to the community indoor garage sale. And that will happen from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. on Saturday, October 15th at the Syracuse Community Center. And that is located at 1013 North Long Drive in Syracuse, Indiana. If you would like to vendor, you can register in person. And they will be something cash and check only. You can get a 10 by 10 booth for $10. If you need a table, you can get a table for $5. And you are... Welcome to have one booth per a person. Head over to Plymouth. Trunk or treat will happen October 29th from 3 to 5 p.m. at River Park Square, located at 112 Water Street in Plymouth. Sunday, October 2nd, will be a, a, the 24th annual Riding to Fallen Police Charity Ride, which is originally scheduled for September 11th. It will cost you $25 per rider or $35 per rider with a passenger. And you can still register at Hoosier Harley Davidson from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. The day of the event, kicks, the kickstands will go up about 12.30 p.m. If you have any questions, you can contact Jim Ballard at 574-360-7152. Once again, that's Jim Ballard, 574 360 7152 with any questions about the 24th annual Riding to Remember Fallen Police Charity Ride. If you're into having a magical adventure, you can head over to Magical Me, Me Day in Napanee. And that will happen October 1st and it will take place at the West Park Pavilion located at 500 North Napanee from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. You can pre register at Napanee Parks. .recdesk.com and it will cost you $25. Children under 12 will be free long as their copy adult is with them. You can head over to Four Winds Field for Cops and Goblins Treat Night which is also being sponsored by the South Bend Police Department and that will take place on Monday, October 24th from 5 to 7.30pm with the South Bend Cubs. If you would like to hand out candy, you are encouraged to reserve a free table. 
you can donate candy to the police officers or donate, or donate money. If you have any questions or would like to know more of the event, you can contact Ashley Ochamp at aochamp at southbendin.gov for any and more information. And last, if you're looking to do something else fun in October, you can head to Mission Walk-Up Parks and Recreation for the Monster Dash and Dance. And that will take place October 21st, 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. The Dash and Monster Dash will be for ages 3 to 9. And it will cost $10 per runner. And you will get hot chocolate included. The dance will be free to all. And there will be concessions available for purchase. Hope you enjoy some of these October events that are upcoming so you can start planning your fall fun events. Take care and have a wonderful week. So Osceola is going to, well, not Osceola, but the train, the train. They're going to close a railroad crossing in Osceola on Chestnut Road. One of five rail cl- railroad crossings with less than a span of less than a mile, and it will be closed soon. And a lot of people are happy about that, and I am too. And I don't understand why they can't do an underpass where Lincoln Way and Ash Road meet at the light. I know there's a lot of people that are waiting for that. I mean, that thing, the train is coming by all the time. It's holding up the light. It's holding up traffic. I mean, I, I don't understand why the town won't get on board with doing an underpass there. So if anybody knows, chime in. Um, what's the problem in Osceola? I live in Osceola and I try to avoid that intersection or even trying to go over the tracks because it seems like there's always a train there stopped holding up the traffic. So if you know anything, let me know.
My sword's already drawn 
Greetings, I'm Pastor Joel of Heart City Church. Welcome to Happy and Whole in Him. Let's spend five minutes with Jesus. Psalm 62.8 Trust in Him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before Him. God is a refuge for us. What is the good news of this verse? Well, imagine you wake up tomorrow with the chills and you're also sweating. More, your throat is sore, you feel like coughing and you have a headache, and it dawns on you that you may have COVID. So you check your temperature and you're running a fever. So you call into work and you head to the hospital to get checked out. What would be happening inside your heart at such a time as this? Would you feel panic? Perhaps recalling Elkhart was just made a code orange due to the recent COVID spike? Perhaps fear of your own death or worry over those you may have infected. What about anxiety? You can't afford to go to the hospital, much less miss work. Annoyance, because of course this week is a most inconvenient time. Shame, because you had not been as careful as others had cautioned you. I've just listed quite a number of powerful emotions that might hit you each in turn or maybe all at once in a non-stop assault. And how many other emotions could we add to that list? Anger, disgust, grief. Emotions can have pretty big muscles and they can really move us. You ever notice the word motion in the word emotion? It's because it comes from the root word to move because emotions are supposed to move us. That is why God gave them to us not because they are to be in control, but because emotions are to be guides. Emotions are excellent servants, but horrible masters. What I mean is God gave us emotions as servants to move us towards himself. And Psalm 62.8 invites us to move towards God in trust at all times, confident that we can pour out all our emotions, be they joy, be they gladness, or our feelings, our fear and sorrow because we're in the dark valley. This verse says God alone, he is our refuge, a shelter we can always turn to in the storm. You see, in the storm, we will put our trust in something. Some of us will turn to alcohol, some to other substances, some turn to distractions. Some of us merely trust in ourselves. Our emotions are meant to move us towards the trustworthy, the ever-trustworthy God, which is what Jesus shows us when he walked the earth in our flesh. Jesus was emotional. We see Jesus wept, John eleven thirty five. 35. Jesus became angry, Mark 3, 5. Jesus rejoiced, Luke 10, 21. And his emotions were perfect. Uh, perhaps we even wonder if he needed to bring his emotions to God. Well, Let's consider that moment when Jesus was facing the greatest storm any human has ever faced. Mark 14, 32. They went to a place called Gethsemane, and Jesus said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John along with him, and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, he said to them. Stay here and keep watch. Going a little farther, he fell to the ground and prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, 
he said. Everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me. Jesus comes to a place called Gethsemane, a word which means oil press. Because at Gethsemane, Jesus felt like an olive about to be crushed. Jesus was weak-kneed as he felt the weight of our sin and shame beginning to be laid upon him. As the cursed death of the cross drew near, he was sorrowful. Mark notes far more than distress. Jesus was deeply distressed and troubled. He told his disciples his soul was overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. And as he stared at that cup of judgment, Jesus' emotions served as guides, leading him to greater trust in his Father. He goes out to pray to his Father. He pours out his heart to his Abba Father, all his distress. You see, his emotions connect him to the one who we were made to have fellowship with at all times. Jesus is not here serving to model for us how we should be. Jesus became a man with emotions like ours, revealing that our sorrows are homing beacons, meant to show us we were not made to do life on our own, but to turn to God. So why do we so often turn everywhere but God in our distress? Perhaps equally amazing here is that Jesus' emotions here also serve him to move him towards us. In his great anguish, Jesus shares his deep distress with his disciples, and he invites them to stay with him. These same fearful disciples will run away and hide in fear in just moments. Jesus moves towards us even when we can't be trusted. My friends, how much more should we move towards him, the one who came gentle and lowly and gave his life for us and continues to beckon us even today to all who are weary and burdened to come to him for grace. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have given us emotions as wonderful servants meant to lead us into sweet fellowship with you. We ask you to forgive us for running to false refuge that grants our hearts no lasting rest. We pray that you will send this day the spirit of your risen Son into our hearts, that we might draw nearer to you at all times, pouring out all those things you already know about us, yet you still so long to hear. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Calling all trivia people. Mission Walker Library will be hosting a trivia, 2000 trivia night on September 30th. Teams must consist of two to six members, and all participants have to be 18 or older. The event will start at 6.30 p.m. and will run to 8.30 p.m. And it will cover pop culture over the years from 20, 2000 to 2009. Members of the winning team will receive a 2000 prize, theme prize. If you are interested in registering, head over to ABC57's Facebook page and tag the article Mishwaga Library to host 2000 Trivia Night for the registration form.
have you ever heard about the famous Kelby Love mural? Here is an article that was found in the Elkhart Public Library archives that would be fascinating to read. Take a listen as I read it to you. This is entitled, Famous Cubs Love Mural Defined Community Response to Gun Violence. When a 19-year-old man died tragically in September of 1993, the community's heart began to beat with purpose. Nearly 150 young people mourned at the funeral. Church leaders and community organizers rallied supporters for quick action, and a man created a mural that could never be bigger than desire for peace in the streets. John Trevor Frankie's death marked Elkhart's 48th fatal shooting involving teens in the span of just 20 months. Young people were ready to stop the violence that were killing their friends. Reverend Dwayne Beck and artist Kelby Love were anxious to help. In late, late 20th century America, Elkhart Truth religion editor Tom Price wrote on June 13, 1993, Few churches still strive to serve a specific community. Belmont Mennonite is making sure its neighborhood becomes a community rather than an isolated collection of houses. From block parties to doorstep visits, church leaders saw opportunities to do more for residents living in the area near Shadabaker Park, east of Sterling Avenue. When the time came for a building project, Belmont included a community center in the $1 million, million plans. Belmont Midnight Church organized many community events for the neighborhood near Shadabaker Park. The kingdom is much larger than our worship service and our congregation membership, Reverend Dwayne Beck told the truth in December of 1991. Part of being a member of the kingdom is identifying with a worship group, but we have to be careful that we don't look at success or faith by how many people come through the doors on Sunday morning. In 1980, Belmont hired its first community worker to meet one-on-one with residents. The neighbors named their needs and the church volunteers helped with tasks like leaf raking and sidewalk shoveling. If Belmont's community work were justified on how many people were brought into the church, probably they would have not been a community worker after their first year. Rhea Zimmerman, the third Belmont staff member to have the title, told the truth in 1991. The only thing that people are amazed at is the church people come and do something for them when they don't attend our church. These efforts commented the original, the usual missions work and student tutoring. A greater ask was coming through and would require the neighborhood and church members to become one. John Trevor Fragus was a member of Belmont Midnight Church. He studied at the Elkhart Area Christian Center. He had many friends. Fragus was shot once in the chest and killed at a house party on September 25th, 1993. Police sought charges against a 15-year-old boy who already had been to juvenile court a number of times. Friends and family grieved, but an idea quickly took hold. Superb to action by Reverend Beck's words at the service. Frankie's mother and a number of friends created a Drop Your Guns with Local Violence Initiative Intervention Project in Belmont Mennonite. They wanted no other family to cope with such a tragic loss. It was really their idea of their friend. Beck told the truth prize for the October 28, 1993 edition. When they walked by the cl- casket, I saw it on their faces. Less than six weeks after Francis's, Frankie's killing, the first gun buyback happened at St. John Evangelist Episcopal Church with a starting donation of $1,000 from an area funeral home directors and a goal to raise five times that amount. Volunteers offered money to get weapons off the street. 
All the transactions were anonymous. Rifles were taken for $20, handguns for $40. Within three months, the group said it had collected 166 guns. South Bend and other communities saw similar programs after seeing Elkhart's success. I want to save any other mother from having to go through the same hell I go through every day I wake up, said Becky Beers, Frankie's mother, in October 1993 article. This was one way for me to vent my anger for this. And it also makes me feel like I'm not quite so alone. One of Elkhart's most talented sons were tirelessly during a ple- pleasant stretch of weather in 1996. Kelby Love needed to create a legacy work of art. His most personal piece of work is taking shape on the brick wall on the city's south side. Truth reporter Terry T. Mark wrote on July 24th, 1996, with about 30 teenagers at his side, Kelby Love had labored the last week to produce a vivid anti-violence message on, at the northwest corner of Main and Perry Streets, an often rough-edged area marred by drug deals. The artist grew inspiration from the work of the Violence Intervention Project, a partner in Drop Your Guns. VIP designed the HELP program, helping Elkhart through little people to allow youth leaders to develop anti-violence messaging and activities. Kelby, using grant dollars from the city government, love brought his hope, faith, and passion to the exterior brick of Louie and Kelly Barr. The iconic mural speaks to his dream for the values of the community, faith, family, and togetherness. I like to produce positive images about the community. I think that this will get a better image for the community. Love told me Porter. This is for the people I care for. I've had a lot of friends die from being shot. Love incorporated the Violence Intervention Project logo into the work, though the group dissolved just a year later. The artist also included symbols, support, education, and tolerance. He didn't sign his work. He didn't need to. Kelby Love took pride that the mural's message was still relevant two decades later, and it wasn't lost on him at that point that the paint had faded and the wall was graffiti-free. No one had touched it. He said in the truth on August 6th, 2013, 2013, because nobody knows who did it. It was the community. Love died at the age of 58 in 2018. At the murder approached the 25th anniversary, his future came into question. Other outdoor artists by, by the artists gave what development in the corner made in Prairie could be next. In December 9, 2019, Kelby Love's mother, Glenda, pleaded with the Elkhart Redevelopment Commission to save the mural. It only let it see the city has of his, she said. He has given so much to the city of Elkhart. I think the city owns this to the black community. The black community in Elkhart doesn't get the privilege of being recognized. On September 8, 2020, the city commission purchased the building from the Fort Wayne South Bend Catholic Diocese. The purchase price was $7,050. Developer member Sandy Schubert told the Elkhart a truth report of the city is committed to saving the image. Kebby Love created out of hope for greater peace. This is an example of um, a community coming together to support and make sure their city is safe from gun violence and such. But how long will his legacy live on? Still to this day, his mural still stands on that counter untouched and it's a divide we all should be united but we're still to this day divided regardless of our color 
of our scan, ready to fire it in all over the place. There is more and more shootings happening every day. Reckless shootings at that. His legacy is important. He, if you ever get a chance to go buy this mural, you will see there's fighting going on. But he sticks his hands in the middle. And we want to, we need to reach our hand to our neighbors of all colors and give them the lesson that they need. And a lot of times, the work of somebody passes away, we forget what happened. By finding this article, my friend posted it. It's amazing to see what actually happened throughout the years. We are approaching a legacy that happened in the 90s that still to this day, we're all not getting the greater picture. So we should come united in Christ, united in being the best that we can be. We all fall short. And we're still, as a nation, divided among race, among whatever it may be. Sometimes we need to take a step back. Take a step back and realize what you're worth. Put the guns down. We all need to put them guns down and use them for purposes that they should be used for. Not for going around killing innocent people because he, she, we don't like he, she. We don't like it or them or they, whoever it may be. In this case, it's every pronoun we're take on after. Put some guns down and let's make a better world and a safer place for us all. Remember the legacy of Kelby Love. Take care. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him all creatures here Father, Son,